0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, family, and welcome the new people who have just discovered this podcast. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Welcome. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a part of this journey that I'm on. And the folks that have been rocking with me for the last six years, and some of you have been with me since I was on WWRL nearly 20 years ago. and you're still with me, Um, I think you've seen kind of a story arc that is leading to a place. And part of this is just really wanting everyone who's listening to my voice to be free. I can't say it enough. Uh, When we talk about being healthy, wealthy, and wise, I absolutely, absolutely believe that it's possible, which is why, you know, I'm very intentional about the content that I share, how I curate it, because it is absolutely curated, the the steps that I put in to make sure that there's kind of a drumbeat as you listen and watch, um, and again, thank you, those of you who support me here on this podcast on SiriusXM, Urban View, Channel 126, thank you, those of you who are only listening to me or watching me on YouTube, thank you, uh, because I believe that this is a a space that is going to grow exponentially, but organically. I'm not out here trying to grab followers and trying to get to a million. Although a million people following this platform organically can move mountains, build pyramids that'll be around for 2 million years plus and change the world. I really do believe that because it's not about me. It's about the breadcrumbs. It's about the batons that are handed out. And it's about what is done with it afterwards. And I believe that this audience, this audience is about change. This audience is about excellence. This audience is about living the kind of life that is promised to all of us. And so I just wanted to take time to say thank you. Up next is a discussion I had with Loree Daniel Favors. We call her Afro State of Mind because that's what she is. At Afro State of Mind, you can follow her on the Twitters. Follow me at Karen Hunter, K-A-R-E-N-H-U-N-T-E-R. Use the hashtag podcast if you want to ask me any questions. But we had a discussion about black men because there seems to be this uh, willful, destructive, divisive uh, energy that is swirling around us. And I just I, I I stood in it and I'm like, this is not true. <laughs> this just just this is not true. I spend um, Saturdays with Dr. Carr. Um which to me in many ways is a model for how we can communicate and learn and grow and teach and share and, and be with one another in love, you know, and not agree a hundred percent. Every time I hear that, it makes me cringe. I don't agree with you a hundred percent. Well, who do you agree with a hundred percent? Again, not even your mama. I guarantee you, do you agree with a hundred percent? And she's probably way wiser than you are, but this, we, we're going to have differences. We're going to have uh, a different way and perspective. But what we cannot do, what we should not do, is discount the, the value in, in one another. And by value, I mean value. If you listen to the last podcast, we were talking about the fertilization of seeds that are in your mouth. <laughs> Literally, the fertilization of seeds in your mouth, meaning produce things out of your mouth that will breed life, not death. Right. Produce things in your mouth that will will allow someone to to eat and to grow and to share. Right. And so I'm, I'm putting that over there for a minute because you can listen to that whole two two hour plus conversation. But this one coming up, I think, is important because we're at the precipice of uh, a new opportunity. I'm going to say it like that. Yes, we're in an election cycle, this and that, but we're on the precipice of something that historically, 100 years from now, will be marked on the calendar as a period of time in our history. And it's not just American history. There is something happening globally. And you can either lean into it and be a participant in what's going to come next and help shape it, or you can be the reason why freedom doesn't happen for all of us. So up next, this discussion, it's about black men. I hope you... uh, listen with with your heart and please if you have any comments you want to share them come to my twitter page at karen hunter use the hashtag podcast so i can search for it and i will chat with you there all right talk to you soon love you up next that discussion i hope you enjoy also i want to talk about black men today hi larie hi i love black men hi. i'm, I'm How married you, to me a lovely too? one so this is one of my favorite you. topics Hold on, some of my best friend are black <laughs> friends are black men, friends are black men. Jamel Hill tweeted something out, and I think it's time for us to have a conversation. We've been, I've been nibbling around the edges of this conversation. We're going to have it today. So um, Jamel Hill, she said, uh, she tweeted this yesterday. I've increasingly found that black men, oh, excuse me. I've increasingly found that many black men just want better access to patriarchy. They don't actually want it dismantled. And when I saw that trending and she was trending, I was, I said to myself, is this helpful? That's the first thing I said. Mm. Why, 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 why? And then that started a blame black men hashtag, which some of it was hilarious. I retweeted not one, but (laughs) not one. And I wanted to, I wanted to retweet a bunch of them. Because everything from the Hindenburg to, uh, I mean, it was just some hilarious, (laughs) hilarious, because, you know, Twitter has that, you know, black Twitter in particular and black men on Twitter, you're very, very clever with the memes and everything. But as I was processing it, I I said that this narrative bolstered by the ice cubes, 50 cent P Diddy conversations has and there have been several women, I'm not, you know, going to get into those names saying these things about black men in particular, I'm saying to myself, why is this happening? Why Mm. are you doing this? Why now? Why? And I'm, you know, why was it necessary? So Mm. apparently she was having some conversations with somebody and then went to the Twitter sphere. And I'm saying at some point we're going to have to have Twitter discipline. All things are permissible. All things are not beneficial this was not beneficial and here's what it yeah. does because let let me just be 100% clear black men are important <laughs> black women are important all black people are important you know like it's it's silly for us to have these conflicts and they're not real so let me just give you the real here's the real the real deal is there's no war between black men and black women there seems to be on social media. Uh, a very, very small, minute, very loud faction on both sides doing this thing. Now, is it beneficial? No, it's not. As a matter of fact, it is detrimental to the things that we want to get done. So I don't know what to do about it, larry Daniel Favors, because these are grown people who do grown people things, and and people like these grown people. They like the the back and forth and the and the clap. You know, all of the clapbacks. They love it. It is fodder but it is destroying us from within and it's unnecessary because here's the truth. And so I'm going to do some truth today. Here's the truth. 2016 everybody's blaming black men for Trump, right? I'm gonna give you the actual numbers. Here are the numbers. Black men with college degrees, 78% of black men with college degrees voted for Hillary Clinton, Hillary R. Clinton, 78%. Larry, I'm not good at math. Is that like the vast majority of black men? With college the overwhelming degrees. Overwhelming
1: and vast majority. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Oh, black men with no college degrees. 82% of black men without college degrees voted for Hillary Rodden Clinton. 11% voted for Trump. 16% of black men with college degrees, which I think is interesting. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation that we, we should have at some point too, but they're different. Conversations. You know, it's not yeah. all, and we d- doing this lumping in like all black men. No, no, matter of fact, 78% with degrees voted for Hillary, 82% without degrees voted for Hillary. Now, in juxtaposition of black women, 91% of black women, 91% of black women with college degrees, 6% of those same black women voted for Trump. So let's just, yeah, I don't know who y'all are. You know, and I want to shame you, 866-801-8255, a black woman with a college degree, 6% of you voted for Donald Trump. But yes, is your right. You know, it's your right. I, you know, I, we are free people. Uh, we're free to do dumb things, all right? Black women without college degrees, Lorie Daniel favors 95%. Like, j- just about every black woman without a co- Okay, so then the notion is black women are going to save us because, but black men if I'm doing an average more than 80%, 81% now just did my math in my head really quick. Collectively, no degree with degrees voted for Hillary. That is not, that is not 53% of white women voted for Trump. That's not that 52, 53% some polls. That's not the same thing. Overwhelmingly black people. We, we work together. We move together. Even when we argue, fuss and fight, disagree about spades, whether you can lead them or not, whether whether you should put mustard in your potato salad, whether or not like we we will fight over the most mundane, stupid things. But when it's time for power, we do it and we've done it because, as Laurie says, and I know she borrowed it from somebody, what Africans have done, Africans will do and can do. In the, in the 1870s, in the 1880s, in the 1900s, we just continue to build and grow and do things together. The frustration is these so-called new Negroes get up and feel like they're the only people that have done it for the first time. But they're the vast minority. These are the ignorant, loud minority that we're giving time and energy to. And they don't, they're not the compass. They're not the drivers. They're not the engine. They're not the gas. They are loud and they have platforms but they're not all of us they're not most of us so can we focus on on the 90% of us collectively and if we're just talking about black men the 81% of black men can we celebrate can we say thank you brothers because y'all do show up when called you are there in the community when you need to be we, you love us we are we are queens you are you know like i that's the world that i live in so it's weird you know, like when I said some of my best friends are black men, I actually mean that. I'm not doing that, in the, you know, kind of tongue in cheek like white people will say some of my best. No, I actually, if I'm being honest, <laughs> prefer the company of black men to to women because there's an honesty and a rawness that, I, you know, that sometimes women get caught up in these petty things that men don't. And it's just so much easier to be around because they're gonna tell you what it is, even if they're trying to get in your drawers. Even that's gonna be said. I respect that. I'd be mad if you wouldn't try it. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five is the number. I just feel like Lorie, the narrative that gets repeated just like the poverty numbers and the incarceration numbers. And then we repeat them because we think we know because they're telling us the media, that's what they're telling us. And then then, then Twitter takes the baton and runs with it. And Facebook, I, when I did the numbers, I was like, Hey, this is not even half. This is like a whole lot more. This is the majority. The majority of black men are getting it right all the time. Let's, can we stop thoughts and prayers, your thoughts
1: you know, so you had mentioned a quote that uh, everything is permissible, but not everything is expedient. And I think this is one of those cases where, yeah, it it may be that we should have a conversation about the different ways that Black men and Black women engage with the political process. But Twitter ain't that space, right? And I think that we, this is one of the problems, and I'd mentioned this before, right after the Ice Cube situation blew up, that I wish that We still had rooms inside buildings that we own that had been screened and checked for bugs um, and microphones to the outdoors so that we could have private conversations about the things that are directly related to us as a people. Um, But we end up having those conversations on Facebook and in Twitter and other people who are not a part of the community, who have no real vested interest other than being amused by seeing us scurry after each other, um, they just get to watch and participate and then they get to do a political story about it or they get to, it, be, it becomes clicks for them and they're literally feeding like vampires off of the energy that we as a community are generating. Energy that should be uh, being recycled through healthy institutions that are able to help us process the questions that we have, which may be valid questions and are able to help us produce answers and solutions that we then have the ability to implement on our own without asking white people to fund supervise supervisor consent. And so I think that this is one of those moments where is there room for having a conversation about the different ways that black men and black women? Absolutely. Um, does IQ hit a completely different demographic than, say, a Hakeem Jeffries absolutely should we have people who are able to take the obama path and people who are able to take the ice cube path absolutely because neither one of those paths have one proven to get us free and two both of them are speaking to a segment of our community that is inherently valid um, and that has been marginalized and only brought out to the microphone when someone else has a benefit or can can use them for their benefit so when i think about a comment like the one that she made so i think about the folks on my block right because i try to bring things home as much as possible Possible. And the brothers on my block, beautiful brothers, amazing, brilliant brothers, like like phenomenal, ama- like just like every single one of our blocks, beautiful, amazing, powerful, dynamic. When they got your back, they riding for you. They riding for you, right? Are do they have access to all the information that they need to make the best choices? Maybe not. Um, were they properly serviced in education spaces? Probably not. Um, are black women who graduated at the same time they did? Statistically likely to be doing better right now, having access to higher education, creating more probably. Um, and statistically, we know that Black women are starting businesses faster. We are some of the we are the smartest uh, population in the country as it pertains to having the credentials, whatever that means. Um, but can we do this without them? No. Can they do this without us? No. And should that be the goal? Should that be what we're fighting for? Absolutely not. And so I think that there has to be safe space created for us to have those types of discussions in private behind not even these airways necessarily should be the place where the in-depth conversation takes place this is just setting all the parameters so that when you at home get to have your conversations with your people whom you know and you love you have some guideposts to really help determine where the conversation goes you know there are people I remember when we were first doing, not this round of census, but a previous census cycle, we were trying to get people on the block employed to work at the census. And they laughed, right? They was like, girl, sis, like, I got felonies. I ain't, like, ain't nobody hiring me. Like, I got, brilliant but completely blocked out of from virtually every professional aspirational track because of decisions that were made decades ago. And so have had to live in the underground economy, have not had access to be able and this is not a less a sob story for black men. We don't need to do that. Black men can stand on their own. But I just think that we have come to a point where debating each other is more valued than having a space to converse with each other in a way that's going to leave us both better off. My, my bottom line parameter, and I think this is something that I've been, I try to be consistent with is what is the barometer as it pertains? How is the, what? How does this impact the community? That has to be the barometer through which we interact and engage with each other. And you said before, does this free us? It does not free us. It does not help the community for us to be having Twitter battles and hashtag blame black men trending for hours on Twitter. That doesn't help us. And it certainly doesn't help the black men that she was talking about see anything or any reason for why they should be open to hearing a different side of the story. So it's cute. And it was, I mean, I laughed. I chuckled quite a bit at some of those memes. Like, it it was frankly hilarious. But at the end of the day, it makes us worse off. You know, like, I'm a black womanist. I believe in in black womanist principles, you know, uh, black feminism, I guess, if you would. But my principles incorporate the fact that I'm not trying to do this without black men. Like, I need black men to be healthy. I need black men to have a safe space to be well because I see them as a fundamental part of my community. I'm not like some other communities that might be able to discard part of their for whatever their politics are, we don't do that. And so I think that it's a real shame, but we just don't have the spaces or even the language and the, the culturally grounded skill sets to facilitate mm. those types of conversations in a way that is going to not piss people off and push us away from each other.
0: And if we're being 100 percent honest, because, again, when I look at these numbers, I see a vast majority of black men just on the electoral space. Who voted. In a way that they may not have liked hillary, I didn't like Hillary, but Back. they voted in a way that served the community overwhelmingly. Right. that said, you know there are people who profit from this division, this fissure. There are people who have made a cottage industry over you know referring to black women as bedwinches and you know this this kind of space where you, yep. you pit black men against black women and for what though oh because it profits you you personally you get to sell books and videos and your youtube is blowing up but does it free us and if the answer is no and that should be your litmus test for watching if you're following someone who is perpetuating a narrative even if you believe the narrative because here's the thing there's a shred you know uh this space it, it it is viable which is why I think, you know, Trump has such a following because there are, there are kernels of truth. So they play with the kernels of truth. Even Pat Robertson, if, if I were a person who was 100% wedded to that word being the absolute gospel, mm. <clears throat> the absolute final word of God, I could listen to what Pat Robertson said and follow that letter to the law because it is written that these things will happen. I believe he's a prophet. And therefore, you know, because there's a shred of truth in it. But is it truthful? Is it, there's a difference Mm. between honesty and being truthful? Is it, is it going to free us? And we have to, just like Lovecraft, you know, I had to check my own indoctrination with that last scene with D. Because my indoctrination, okay. All right, so I won't give it away. But my, my indoctrination tells me that's wrong what she did. Mm. But my current condition and understanding of the world and history now tells me that we need to find a new way, a new way to to be humane. Yeah, because true humanity requires you protecting your legacy and your progeny and and your sanctity and all of that by any means necessary. And when you say by any means necessary, people clutch their pearls. But by any means necessary means that if you could go back in time and eradicate the people that did you harm, would you do it? Mm. Should you do it? Right? And if you have the opportunity to do it in that moment, what is self-defense? 866-801-8255. So these are questions that are on the table. I'm just going to say that. Um, and And I feel like... You're right and and I'm I'm tiptoeing into this because this is not the space to, to have the conversation. You're correct. Um but I wanted to to drop that loaf of bread in and shred it up and have people like really ask themselves because there there's a there's a couple of narratives going on and I see it and I'm like, This this unchecked is not good and who does it service? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not us. <laughs> And I, I think we also have to remember that, and, and this I, I remind us of this because when you don't have something, you don't know what you're missing. Like if you've never, if you've never eaten cookies before, you don't know that they exist. You don't know that they, and so as a people, there are certain things that we no longer have that were forcibly taken from us that would have been able to nip things like this in the bud, right? So when we talk about rites of passage programs or rites of passage, and if you think back to Ruth, either the old version or the new version, you see that Kunta, he doesn't just get to be a man. Right. He, in fact, if he doesn't go through his rite of passage training, which is an extensive mind, body, spirit process, it is not just a, how much can you bench. It's not how fast can you run. It's the definition of manhood is to be a protector. It, and how do you demonstrate that? You do these exercises. It's can you go? I mean, and I mean, it was days and weeks. It's a process that you had to go through to ensure that your transition from boyhood. To manhood was not just healthy and holistic but was going to produce men who are going to be able to bear the standard that the community determined as it pertains to what makes a man right so if the community says you need a b and c in order to be a man it don't matter if you are born with a penis it doesn't matter if you are physically in that body what matters is can you accomplish a b and c because that for us is manhood there's actually a really phenomenal uh, set of books written by maladoma so and he talked about mm-hmm. the fact that he was a young boy who was taken. His father was in the line of chiefs. I believe a part of the Dogara community, and he's taken early on in his childhood to the missionaries, right? The missionaries come, they've colonized together. He's taken early on to the missionaries, and he misses out on his manhood training. So he escapes from the missionary compound. He comes back home. But the adults can't even talk to him, Karen. They can't interact with him. They can't even deal with him because he is still a child. Twenty-something years old, but he is still a child. He has to go back and be initiated with the next crop of boys before he can sit at the adult table and I don't mean sit at the big table at Thanksgiving I mean can you help the community make decisions can you help Mm. the community to determine what is next what is in their best interest you can't even be a part of that conversation because your mind body and spirit are still that of a child your chronological age means nothing this was not just true for men this was also true for women and so having and every healthy community has something like this for in America we call it adolescence right and in adolescence, you're supposed to be trained from adulthood or from childhood into adulthood. It doesn't really work so well with, with Americans, but whatever, that's a whole other subject. But the reality is, we no longer have, or very few of us have, access to the types of long term planning programs that are going to be able to produce that type of outcome. We need that.
0: We do. We need it.
1: If we have a problem, I just want to say this in relation to what we were just talking about. If we We're have not an, moving on. Actually,
0: we're going to go to the okay, call. So I'm sure we're not awesome. going to move on. I'm sure people are going to talk.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to say, if we have as a collective an issue with the type of men or women we are producing as a culture, that is on us. And we have the ability Ooh. to shift that. So, like, there's nobody to blame here. If we think that, as we look out across the land, if we see that the type of Black women we are producing in mass is problematic, that's on us. If we see that the type of Black men we're producing is, that is on us. And we are the only ones who have the ability and the capacity to do something about that. So I just, you know... Create a cre- Let's. How about our rites of passage? Not be. You know. How many gangster rap songs our kids can reference? That you know. Talk about crazy behavior.
0: Or how many hoes how, how right. you can bag? Or how many exactly. times you can suck up? You know. Like. May, you're right. How about that? How about I mean,
1: and it, it would be one thing, again, if those messages were within the universe of uh, 95% of the other messages that was like, okay, yeah, we know 5% of us. We just like to play as Foolishness Friday. You know, that's one thing. But that's the entire sonum bonum. Like, that is like the, the total, in total, what we are known for, the type of messaging that we produce about ourselves. So why wouldn't our children embrace those messages and then become adults who replicate the same thing without thinking and without being critical?
0: That's and not. for all of those that say, I'm, I, you know, I, I can tell the difference, but your kids can't, which is why right. consistency is important. Like, you know, if it, you know, I just, I just put out, I said, fresh water and salt water cannot come from the same spring. So if you're doing mm. one thing in your home and expecting a different result outside of the home, based on the decorum that you present, but inside your house, you skeeting in all of these other things and listening to all of this stuff in front of your children, thinking that they're not filtering, you're eating a certain way and you're talking a certain way to one another reckless. I remember when my, my parents used to argue, they would go into the basement, but guess what? I had feet. So I could go to the, I could, <laughs> so I would go downstairs, Larry we had a basement and my father would go in his office to close the door thinking that I wouldn't, and he'd probably be mortified, rest his soul. I would lay on the floor and listen to them fight. And my father mm-hmm. would talk completely. De- I had never heard him say some of the words to my mother mm-hmm. in our household, in a public forum around me that he said in that. But, but that he had the wherewithal to, to know, I'm not going to do this in front of my child. But the child had feet and an ear mm-hmm. and ears and the wherewithal to go and listen. And I, I got to check and challenge him a few times about that. Oh oh yeah mm. you do curse. Oh, I don't say those words. Yes you do. I heard you. I heard you say and you know, oh, but the point I'm making is those things that we think our kids are not watching, they're not just watching. They're in imbo- the fact that they can give you every lyric to Travis Scott, Cardi B right. at 3 and 4 tells you everything you need to know about their absorption rate. And okay. if you're not feeding them A narrative that is ninety percent not that—that's what we're producing, and I'm glad you said that because I wasn't going to. Because I don't have the right to. I have children. (laughs) I don't have the right. I don't Uh, have the right uh, to judge your parenting. You can have the right to do that. We can indulge in whatever we want to indulge
1: in. Just know that it has a cost, and a lot of us aren't willing to pay the price. But we realize how much it costs at a point where it's usually too late in our children's development.